it is I again on <laughs> third episode of this super awkward uh, welcome oh greetings to the psych ward show whatever this is uh today we're gonna have a very special guest oh, the no. first guest <laughs> the first guest that we have on the show again my partner in crime isn't here but whatever so <laughs> special guest uh she and i've gone through a lot together i i guess and she was my prof in am i allowed to say that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> she was my prof in high school and then now she's and she was also my friend she's, she is my friend and yeah go introduce yourself do you want to use a pseudonym or please don't use my real name just uh-huh yeah don't how am I supposed to address you? <laughs> we address each other like differently anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm gonna use my real name. Oh you are? Okay, go ahead. I'm Joe Almanzor. Hey. Hey. Don't call me anything. Uh-huh. I'm not. Yeah. Okay, good. So I want to I will call you Bud oh, for yeah. this episode. Yeah, we should talk about that later, like uh-huh. why we got to that point. Mm-hmm. Um I just wanted to, to say thanks. Because, like, this is really, like... I feel so awkward. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to host. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I promise this is just going to be a casual conversation, but I don't know why I feel like I'm Ellen. No, um, yeah. So can you tell the, the crickets listening <laughs> who, you, like, what do you do, who you are, and how, yeah, how we met? I don't know. Just tell them stuff. I'm a professional part-timer. Please yeah, elaborate. Uh, I'm a part-time professor, part-time, well, used to be part-time barista on a temporary leave at the moment from the shift, um, part-time writer, <laughs> and part-time PhD student, and yeah, I'm a communications officer for the Philippine Coffee Guild. That's a lot of part-time. Yeah. But you're a full-time friend. Oh. Yeah. Part-time physical friend, full-time virtual friend. I guess. Yeah. Because you can contact me anytime. Yeah. 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 There. Okay. So, you want to tell people how we met? Or do you remember how we met? Well, you were... How could I... Hello. You were in my class. No, no, no. Like, do you remember? (laughs) I remember that day. I remember pointing out your hair. What about my hair? So you had colored hair and undercut at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was blind. Okay. And then I hated you. Why? I didn't know this. Because you always had the face that knew the answer to my questions in class, but you would refuse to recite. Really? It was like, hello. <laughs> Bod your face. <laughs> and you were like, mm. Yeah. I was shy. Huh. Shy and socially awkward are two different things. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm both. You know. No. Okay, so uh, this is a really funny story. Um, when can I tell them your secret, like your undercover, <laughs> your undercover <laughs> student? <laughs> I already told them, so yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. I think everybody knows. Uh, basically, what she does. On the first day of her classes, she's like, she's gonna sit down randomly <laughs> in the class. That's classroom. a very classic prof move. Yeah, I know, but I didn't. Like, I sit, like, at the back of the room, yeah. wait for everyone to come in. I was in 11th grade, okay? Uh-huh. And you look very young. It's That's not a thing. Because. 
Yeah, I have vampire genes. <laughs> you look really young. And I remember that day, because I was so scared of you, by the way, because it was it was a Wednesday, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Wednesday. And uh, one of my profs, Sir Philip, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever, censor, whatever, certain prof, <laughs> said that we had to wear pink every Wednesday uh-huh. because on it's Wednesdays, on Wednesdays we wear, we wear pink as Mean Girls yeah and me being myself and I wanted to have more friends I like I wore pink yeah I remember that ensemble like pink shirt green polo uh-huh. yeah that was <laughs> that, that was what I was wearing when I met you and then and then like nobody else followed that rule so I was just like I was talking to Jenna she was across me mm-hmm. and then you came and then I remember this um, One of my friends I won't tell you who But then she just I think she started talking to you mm-hmm. And you ignored her And then Yeah I remember this You ignored her And then she came up to us And she's like I, I think our new classmate Is so rude <laughs> <laughs> I think she's so rude <laughs> yeah, Because she was asking me About the schedule And I didn't know your schedule I think well, she said are you our new classmate? Oh yeah, that's what no, she no, said. No, the schedule was that. Yeah. Are you our new class? No, I replied. Excuse me, I replied. She, she's like, "Are you a new blockmate?" Yeah. And then I was like, "No." Like, and that was it. Because I'm like, not. "What's up with our new classmate?" She said, eh. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I see this tiny person <laughs> walk, <laughs> walk in front of us. It was like, and I was, I went like. At least someone remembered the memo about wearing pink. And then everybody went dead silent. And you just put your bag on the table and you're like... Oh, the someone oh, is your teacher. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're not our classmate. Nice. As I said, I am not your blockmate. <laughs> I was so scared. Because you wanted everyone to... What was it you told us to like... When was this? 2016? Oh, so long. So long ago. You're old. We're really gonna do this. Yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna go all the way. We're gonna reach that... 40 minute mark uh, I, I think like What happened was You made us say a bunch of Things I don't know like You know like yeah, the, 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 the first day No the first day is fun fact thing I, It's not fun facts like Things you've done that you've never told anyone before I don't remember stuff like that Oh no it was, I think it had something to do with candies And candies? like whatever candy you got You're no. supposed to add. No no, no This not is the different, the, class. different class Different class Maybe something like that, and then it was my turn, and I couldn't think of anything, so I was just like <laughs> looking down, and I wasn't looking at you. Is that why you hated me? <laughs> no, it was always because you ha- you would look at me when I asked questions, and your face says you knew the answer, but then you just weren't reciting. I have a right to not recite. Oh, uh-huh. that rhymes. I also have a right to dislike. Okay. <laughs> We've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Okay, I just wanted to say, I, I'm not like... <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, okay. So, I just wanted to ask. Because mm-hmm. you're very complex, honestly. You're just no, like, I'm very boring. I'm no, you're not. Of work, which makes you think I'm complex. That, that alone makes you <laughs> complex, you know. You know the work makes me complex. Work it's <laughs> called adulthood. Adulthood <laughs> is a scam. Oh, I was I was freaking out earlier because I realized I'm turning twenty next month. 
I'm turning 30 this year. Yeah, but that's on the record. Uh-huh. I still think you're like 27. Were you 27 when I met you? I don't want to do the math. Basically, I was 16. You were whatever age. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. And yeah, so I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, be more serious. Like, because I know you, like, like, at a personal level, because you're my friend and you were my prof for like a really long time. And how'd you, like, and you get, you get very passionate about things. And that's what I, I admire about you the most. Mm-hmm. It's like you get it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like what, what resonated with me. Like, oh, I get passionate about certain things too, and yeah, we, you get nerdy about things. I get nerdy about things, and we talk about Star Wars, and yeah. So, what made you want to become like a teacher? Like, why did you go in that okay. in that path? It's a childhood thing. As I said, it's a blessing and a curse. Some people are born not knowing what they want in life. Mm-hmm. So they go with the flow mm-hmm. and they find joy in the tiniest of things. On the other hand, <laughs> there's me. And as a child, I already knew what I wanted. So, in the world standard, that sounds nice. Yeah. That sounds very cool because you already know what you want, you know what you want in life. But it's also, you know, it, knowing what you want in life also comes with a package of always living in a state of discontent because you're not good enough yeah, yeah or something like that so as a child um, I've always wanted to be three things mm-hmm. I wanted to be a teacher mm-hmm. an I wanted to be an actress okay like an actual actress okay on stage or on TV on, on stage okay and maybe some on TV <laughs> oh, I wanted my Oscar that, can, you know, <laughs> that doesn't need five retakes <laughs> You know, or isn't just banking on connections to make it. And at the same time, I also yeah, unfiltered, (laughs) unfiltered episode. Okay. Um. And then I also wanted to be a librarian. Mm. So the older I got, the more people were telling me, you know, we need to be practical. You can't like do three things at the same time. We don't have the budget for that. And so I realized the grand eureka moment happened when I was in high school. Um, I realized that I wanted to be a literature teacher because if I become a literature teacher, I am all three. I am a teacher, I am an actress, and I get to read books all the time. Hey, that's actually really clever. Mm -hmm. I like that. (laughs) Why have you never mentioned this to me before? (laughs) I've known you for so long. That's the thing about passion because I never quit. Mm -hmm. I never quit on a dream. I, I try to logically compromise yeah. but still be on the dream page yeah uh-huh i wish it doesn't pay the bills though yeah it doesn't, it, doesn't it doesn't pay the bill i actually recorded <laughs> an episode earlier this morning i just woke up at like eight and i was like mm-hmm. okay i got the i got the mic and i started talking and then i mentioned something about when i was a kid all i wanted to be was like a rock star mm-hmm. and a storyteller so i was like and maybe at one point I wanted to be one of the lost boys in Peter Pan, but whatever. <laughs> and wanted, I, I didn't want to grow up. This okay? is generation gap, right? Because <laughs> when you say the lost boys, you're thinking of Peter Pan. But when you say the lost boys, I go to a movie with, let me check which what year. What generation it? gap? Peter Pan, generation Peter Pan gap. has no, been no, no, like no. around for a long time. No, 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 no. There is a movie. It's, it's a cult classic. You should watch it. Okay. Maybe okay. I have seen it, but I'm, I'm not sure there. if I have. 
This is a movie. Um, oh my gosh! Wait. Yeah, that's the one. Nineteen eighty-seven movie. See. Mm. Um, is that when you were born? Oh no 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 no! Do no, no, your math. This one was vampires and vampire hunters. This oh, is the kind okay. of vampire, like, cult classic that I grew up with. Okay, so it was released in 1987, and yeah, it's it's a good movie. But anyway, yeah, you should watch resources. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael and Sam. That's that's okay. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I wanted to be a. A child storyteller and up. a rock star. Yeah, so I was telling them, I was like, the, the crickets, I mean, my audience mm-hmm. members. I was like, I'm technically both, because like, I do music and you narrate. And I'm narrating stuff. I'm narrating through music and I'm talking to a, a microphone by myself at 8 in the morning about my days and whatever. So and I'm like, I'm telling stories. music that is also a narrative. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like I'm actually both, but then like, the sad part is like I'm not getting paid to do anything. <laughs> so that's the thing you need to come up with at least one that's practical. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know what that is yet. I'm not there yet. Good. Um, you're, I'm you're a, a bit far away from adulthood. That's kind of healthy. But yeah, but my age just like <laughs> no, is just age going. doesn't matter. You're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying don't anything. Go there. Okay, age so. is just. No, what? it's a cliche, but it's just really a number. Just a just number. number. Yeah, I can. I, I want to mention names, but I don't want to yeah, because no. like I don't want to mm-hmm. mention other people's stories in this mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe off air. <laughs> so, okay. So, how did you get from like becoming? Oh, I'm a I'm a professor. Like, how did it feel like once you be, once you like graduated? Well, as I said, you live in a state of discontent because when I entered into college. When I applied for my degree, I was actually aiming for a double me- a double bachelor's degree. Yeah. A bachelor's degree in secondary education and an AB literature degree. Uh-huh. But sucks to be me <laughs> when I applied for the college application. It was in that same year <laughs> that they, they just dissolved in. the yeah. double degree program. <laughs> so I was forced to just choose one. And I was thinking, I'm naturally curious. I want... I. I self, I, what's this? I teach myself a lot of things on my yeah. own. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, um, the knowledge part can be added later on because yeah. I'm naturally curious. But the skills I need to learn now. Yeah. So that's why I took the education track first. Yeah. And then I told myself, after this, I'll just do a double MA degree yeah. to add up to the knowledge. And then after I finish that. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> K to twelve happened, <laughs> and the K to twelve says I can't get like in the policies. You can't really become tenured or full time mm-hmm. without. So they changed the requirements. Before it was just um, an MA degree and like five years of good, good you know mm-hmm. teaching practice, but like now they changed it up and then required the PhD. But still, you know me, I don't really do something that is not. Out of passion. Yeah, passion or not practical. The, as I said, <laughs> I'm always impractical. You're talking yeah. to the wrong person. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, so I didn't really immediately take my PhD after finishing my yeah. MA. I just, um, I kept teaching. And in that... And met me! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Important information. <laughs> but yeah, so I realized every, everyone was like pushing me. You know, peer pressure. Yeah. 
like, come on, you're done with your MA, go back to school, finish your PhD. And I'm like, I don't want to take a PhD just because. Yeah. Like, how stubborn. You know, I wasn't really aiming for a full time. I didn't want to be full time. Already there. Like, I just yeah. wanted to teach. So yeah. I'm fine with being part time teacher. I'm teacher nonetheless. Yeah. So I was happy with it. And at the moment, being unmarried and without, you know, biological children, emphasis on biological, because trust me, I feel like a single mom all the time. Hi, mom. <laughs> exactly my point. <laughs> and yeah. So. I thought like, hey, I didn't really, uh, yeah, my part-time salary was enough. It yeah. was enough to sustain me, so I, I wasn't really in it for the money. I've never been into anything for the money. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> Probably not a good role model, but yeah. Um, I wouldn't so say that. So, what like, made me go you. back? <laughs> Maybe why I'm not in school. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, yeah, that. On <laughs> the record. I am to blame. Anyway, I'm so, kidding. what made me go back to school was a reason it's always like this I wanted to be a teacher not because of myself but because I'd like to change the world that's a cliche and the only thing you know I no offense to boomers but no offense, okay, no boomer. offense to boomers <laughs> yeah highly offensive to boomers nonetheless I think the only way I could change the world is to start off with an, with the next generation yeah exactly. it's so much more difficult to teach generations prior to mine and even yeah. mine my generation yeah. they're kind of difficult to teach yeah <laughs> or to change the way they think so that's why I became a teacher because I the only way I can make um, a, like to address the things I see are problematic in society is to raise up next generation citizens who are aware of those problems so that it wasn't about me and it's the same thing when I went back to my PhD so during the time I was just teaching in the five years that I was, in the five years that I taught after my MA, um, I've been obsessed about coffee. Well, it came with the job <laughs> of, you know, requiring caffeine with the amount of work. But I also got really curious about ethically sourced coffee. Yeah. Okay. So that landed me into the specialty coffee industry, and I realized this industry I mean one of the best realizations I've had as you know as a product of being exposed to coffee is the state of our country in like agriculture yeah like if you look at the Philippines we're an archipelago yeah and again no offense to the business sectors or the corporate world but the only way to save the economy of this country is if we knew our priorities and we can only see that if we knew our resources and place the right value into what we actually have and if you just look at the map of the country our greatest resource apart from human resource is agriculture yeah, yeah that's true so I was like why aren't we putting the budget there yeah that's why, our why greatest we, resource why are we putting the budget in yeah so <laughs> it's like you really want to boost the economy of this country don't build more buildings move the funds to agriculture and the other thing the I want to mention something oh. but it's like maybe it's too controversial <laughs> if I say it don't it's up don't, to you don't it's your podcast <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> don't put the budget in there <laughs> finger guns <laughs> finger guns okay. yeah. so yeah um, going back um, I realized that the second most powerful tool that our country has or is very problematic 
Because if you're looking at the problems of our country, it's problematic because we're not seeing what we should be addressing. And two of the things that we haven't been addressing or haven't been treating right is agriculture and education. That's true. So yeah. that's why I wanted to build a bridge between the two. Like, say better policies. And I can only do that if I, well, trickle-down economics works in this country. That's why That's why the business sector is going. Yeah. So I was like, the only way to fight this is to be in the system. Yeah. You don't, I don't have, I mean, some people would say that would be supportive of the system. Mm. So you shouldn't be in the system. You should create your own system. But creating your own system in a country that's, you know, in a third world country, yeah. it requires a lot of money, which I do not have, going back to me being impractical. <laughs> I love so, how we keep, we keep going full circle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything's connected. Yeah. So that's why I said I have to be in the system and change it from within. So that I saw that the only way to do that is if um, I teach in a highly reputable yeah. school that had powers, had the funding that I do not have. Yeah. So the only way I can do this, this is if I take it in that big system, be part of the system and change it from where I'm standing. Okay. So I said, um, if I'm looking at this in the long run, I want to establish something that's more humane in our agriculture and education sector. Originally, what I thought of was the only way to boost. You know, I hate, I hate it when people romanticize farmers. Yeah. And like, ooh, my dad's a farmer, and he works so hard to send me to school. But like, like as though it's such a rare thing. Like Isn't a, that a sad thing? Like that a it's brand rare? X commercial. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a it's a sad thing that that's. It's rare. It yeah. Shouldn't all farmers' kids be able to they go, go to, to school? school? Yeah. Isn't this supposed to be normal? Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking, we've you know we've looked down at at farming so badly that it has come to this. Why can't it be that say for example we develop better policies yeah. to boost the agriculture like farming? Mm-hmm. Like for example, one of my ideas then was, oh, it's on the record. It's a, I hope someone hears this. Yeah, yeah but like one of my ideas then were to change policies. We don't really have free, uh, like fair trade yes. policies here. Yeah. It's just made up fair trade. <laughs> made up fair trade. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking instead of just the usual fair trade policy or like asking farmers for their price and then just adding up to that instead of demanding them to fit their work with our budget, with like, say the landowner's budget. Yeah. So I was thinking a better fair trade would be immaterial something immaterial mm-hmm. because that's why you know farmers are dying because mm-hmm. everything in this country is all about money yeah it's true so I was thinking what if you address it without money and you know how do you do that with education so you can pay your farmers at the minimum wage but if you send their kids to school in exchange for their years of service then that is a good idea then see if you're a landowner and you're hiring middlemen to work on your land because you don't want to do the hard work, then might as well send their kids to school or send them to school. Yeah. Then they're willing to work at the minimum wage because see, they'll only be abusive of money because they have needs. But if you address their needs, they can work well with the minimum wage yeah. and they'd be doing well at their work. If you say one year of good work means one year of school, yeah. they'll stay long enough with you. 
and I don't I, I just want to thank you again because mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm not super educated mm-hmm. on this topic because like certain reasons <laughs> yeah, it's normal yeah I mean you know you get you learn new things every day mm-hmm. so thank you uh, I just wanted to ask like I, I also wanted to put on record like it's so annoying how like when you say if, oh you're like farm farming and or farmers like it's always like they, they always like they always look down mm-hmm. upon them it's like why don't you like they put they literally put food on the table yeah. they, they they make the world go round yeah, so literally so I feel like they, they deserve more than they, they, that we give credit for so. and like to me this is how I start my classes now by the yeah. way I don't do the sitting oh, really? I, I, I've come to realize I'm, I probably live older now so I don't fit <laughs> in anymore so what I do is well, I give my students existential crisis during the first day of school. You gave me an existential crisis well, during the first day of school. Well, you know, it's a depressing world. <laughs> Most students are already depressed. Might as well make it worse. Not, <laughs> might as well not sugarcoat. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I do is like every time I start classes now, um, the usual I ask my students to introduce themselves. But this time, not just like tell me what your name is or whatever. But uh, what I do in class is that I tell them this. Um, you know that the wait. Am I allowed to say curse words? Yeah. I'll just put an, uh, an explicit. I'll believe. Yeah. No, and it's fine. I'll just like stay okay. PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so PG. I always tell them that you know you know that the school is a lie. Mm-hmm. The entire school system is a lie. Uh-huh. Life doesn't work like this, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. So why do you still go to school? Why That's are you? <laughs> I'm not in school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's that's the question I threw at them, because um, another thing on the record, wow, I'm revealing all my teaching strategies. Okay, so what I also I wanted to so be a it teacher. makes them think that you know we've been consuming this system for such a long time, and the hands down, if you look at our education system throughout history, it's just getting worse. Like yeah. the stress levels in school is just getting worse throughout mm-hmm. the years. So I always tell them this, like, I give them this scenario. So you see, you have um, you have a you have an aquarium. The aquarium's dirty. Then and a fi- see, a goldfish is a goldfish is born in that aquarium. Do you think that the goldfish dies? Will the goldfish die in dirty water? It's born in dirty water. Do you think it dies the moment it, that you know it hatches from its shell? I don't know much about science, but what, is it what, like do, you, what do you think? It See, will adapt. Right? Exactly, it doesn't die. Yeah. Right. So it's it, like it evolves. It does something. Yeah, sure. The, the lifespan shortens and yeah. whatever, but its body will do its best to survive. So it will adapt to the yeah. dirty water. It's kind of like how um, uh, we live in the polluted country. Yeah, polluted country, and then exactly. we're used we're used to it, and then when like people. I just want to get this out there since we're talking about this. Um, I know someone mm-hmm. has been pissing me off mm-hmm. ever since I followed them on Instagram. Anyway, um, they grew up in a first world country. Like, mm-hmm. the, they, like they had like the whole white picket fence thing. Mm-hmm. And that person, I'm not giving pronouns, that person came here for college, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm... And then, they keep complaining, like, oh, I hate this country. And I'm like, then, 
why are you here? <laughs> you know, I, I can't complain because it's all I've ever known. I mean, you know, I have a right to. It's mine. But, like, might as well, like, you know, um, you go to a university that's one of, like, the best mm-hmm. in this country that I think somebody else, like, who is, who could have gone there would be more grateful for, you know? Mm-hmm. Would be grateful, would kill for your spot. But then here you are, just because you think you're better than everyone, just because you're from a first world country, just because you can't adapt to this polluted water, <laughs> you can't just like complain all the time. Because like there's so many people who would love to have that spot, mm-hmm. like you know, it's just it it, it blows my mind. Like I see, but then you know, for daily dose of of annoyance I don't unfollow that person <laughs> but I get so pissed off like oh I should be back in insert country name here and be in this program and I'm like then why didn't you go stay there why are you here and and I don't know it's just really annoying like why can't you be grateful for what you have and it's perspective it's perspective and yeah. to each their own perspective yeah, yeah I guess that's but, the catch yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna live yeah. in my polluted water, don't complain. So yeah, so a fish is born in dirty water <laughs> and it adapts. Yeah. Right? So say for example this fish is like highly evolved. It has a way of consciousness. Yeah. And the fish can see that the water is dirty. Mm-hmm. The fish can understand the water is dirty. Mm-hmm. It's still in the water, right? It's still in it's the still dirty alive. water. It will not know just how bad the toxic part of the water is until you go to until water. you put it into clean water yeah and i tell my students this i am clean water and you are that fish yeah. see your whole life you you've spent at least two decades in this toxic in water system. called school yeah and you're aware like yeah this isn't probably healthy anymore this is probably toxic yeah. but you will you never know going. just how much toxins are already inside of you mm-hmm. until I wake you up. It's kind of like and like for example, there's so much, so so many lies that this school makes you believe mm-hmm. is true. And one of them is like, say for example, numbers. Numbers are everything in school. You and you know deep down, you know deep down, you can't really measure learning. You yeah. can't say you've learned so much. It's hundred. Right, but but you're still grade conscious. Even yeah. if you say, "Yeah, that's right, Miss," but you're still grade conscious. Yeah, like, so I see, still need the they're still there. It's still there. You have to see just how much toxins your body has already adapted yeah. to, and you need to unlearn it. And I'm telling you, unlearn it, because see, the more you look at the number, the more you see how problematic it is. You know, in a class of forty-five, it's a, that's the usual headcount. All of them or like at least 95% of those kids would tell me that they're in you're not allowed to lie in my class that's yes, my only classroom yes. policy just be honest <laughs> so if I ask you why do you go to school you don't give me some Miss Universe answer oh I'm here so that I can help other people like you know just get straight to the point why are you still in school and most of them would just say oh because um, my parents already paid for my tuition or like well, oh I'm here to get a job Yeah, that's it most of it are just here to get a job but I have never, never in my whole life, and I'm pretty sure no one would ever, so long as the system is the same, no one would ever raise their hand and say, I'm going to finish until my doctorate degree so that I can become a farmer, or I can become a janitor, mm-hmm. or I can become a service crew. 
Kasi, because we were so obsessed by numbers. And the worst part is that they always sugarcoat it and say, I'm in school to get a good job. What do you mean what by a good a job? What does a good job mean? You mean there's a bad job? So there's a hierarchy of jobs. And that's the numbers speaking now. That's the toxins in yeah, and like you, you think like that because you're thinking in numbers. You're not thinking of lives, yeah. and that's I the know, thing. Because like so there might things. be a hierarchy of salary, yeah, like but there is no hierarchy yeah. of jobs. Because like uh, I guess like not I guess, but like still, uh, you can be a CEO of something. And you can be in the but you're as important yeah, as a janitor. Yeah, like you can be a CEO, you can be on the top floor of like the highest building, but then the, it won't work if your janitor from like like the lowest floor isn't white. You know, you know, it's like it's not gonna work. It's as simple as this. It's just yeah. the, one of the most depressing things I have heard. You know, from interviewing coffee farmers, okay. is that they would say, um, "I do not want my kids to be farmers. I want a better life for them," That's and so it hurts me because. You, they also look down on, on, the, on their work. Yeah. And if you think about this, if farmers stop farming, the world is going to collapse. die of hunger. <laughs> the world's going to collapse. Literally. Yeah, there's going to be no food, no coffee, that, and everybody's no, just. We will just die. die. That's if everyone depressing. wanted to be a CEO, that's just, what's going to happen. Just gonna die. So, to me, that's what I always tell them. Like, Destroy capitalism? You don't know. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> That's a deep hole we're already in. And uh, we're going to crawl our way out. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's why I push them to think beyond the numbers. Yeah. And to think of the human lives. Because there might be a hierarchy of jobs. But all lives are important. Yes. So, yeah. How did I get here? Yeah. So going back. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, is... Because you said something like you wanted to change the world kind of thing earlier yeah. on. And something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I want... Might be a tiny world. Yeah. And <laughs> I, too, I do too, you know. Um, uh, I just wanted to ask, like, is that why you have, like, a really close relationship with your students? Like, or is that... Or is it because just, your students just start clinging on to you? Like, well, yeah. It's consensual. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's consensual. <laughs> no, but it's more like... Um, as I said, I'm. I creatively compromise my life. Yeah. So one of the things that I've always wanted to change is how teachers also are. Okay. I know we're <laughs> we're we're also in the toxic system. Yeah. So the only way I can change teachers not being toxic is to actually live it out. Right. And to me one of the most toxic things I have learned or I have seen in the profession is the People way teachers fake their lives oh. because they always they, it sounds nice and most teachers you probably you've, I'm pretty sure you've heard one tell you this that I'm your teacher in the classroom I'm your friend outside yeah like, yes, yes, yeah, yes and I think that's problematic because it's not that I don't want to be professional or mm-hmm whatever but to me it's that it's questioning the fact what do you mean by professional because to me the essence of a teacher is you are a vessel you're a medium for people to learn not from you but to learn out of life and the only way to actually teach them about life is that you are actually real yeah you're not 
staging a life in front of them. You're actually being their friend. So if I am your teacher in the room, it means I'm also your friend in the room. But in the same way, if I am your friend outside the room, I'm also your teacher outside yeah, the room. Yeah, this is true. I will, se- <laughs> will second this. Um, Why is it the entire past how many minutes this episode has been going on literally proves that. Yeah. It's, it's to me, I yeah. am who I am inside and outside of the classroom. I have nothing to hide. Yes. And that's, I think that's why it works because people in school, we're, they got so used to people lying all the time. Yeah. The school is a lying system. So everyone is a liar, and I guess that's why I'm brave enough to claim that I'm clean water. Because yeah. it's, I think, and I've known very few of us left in this profession who are brave enough to just be honest. Yeah. What can you say about this statement I heard from one of my junior high mm-hmm. teachers? Like, she was really cool. She was like, she, she was my friend, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and we talked about our interests, we liked the same things, music, whatever. She was a good teacher, but then she quit, and the reason why was because she was going to a different school because it paid more, and then mm-hmm. you were like, I don't care if they don't listen, just as long as they get paid. But to me, I can't, as I said, I was clarifying that yeah. I had no family to raise. And yeah, no, I mean, like, she, yeah. she, she's young. Yeah, but I, I have nothing against, I think it's, it's how we're wired differently. Yeah. I cannot... Like to me, I work in the, the school where I work in. Sadly, I say sadly, it's already the highest paying institution in this yeah. country for faculty. So I, I know my privilege. I know that not all teachers are paid in the yes. rate that I am paid. Yes. And to me, I can live off on a part time salary. And to me, and to other schools, that might have been a full time salary already. Yes. So I cannot, I mean, as much as you're passionate about what you do as much as you love what you do at the end of the day like the you farmer situation survive. you have needs yeah and i cannot for and i think it's it's not the problem of the teacher resigning because of salary it's a problem of the system not mm-hmm. taking care of its forefront mm-hmm. schools are nothing without teachers mm-hmm. and yet they're the least to receive a budget because without again like without teachers yeah Every time there's a sal- like a tuition yeah. fee increase, yeah. you are made to think that it goes to the teachers. It doesn't. It doesn't. Most of it goes to facilities. Yeah. But, you know, a school with facilities and yet without teachers is still not a school. Yeah. We can have a school without facilities. You cannot have a school without teachers. Yeah. This means, like, this is really close to me. Mm-hmm. If you do personal, mm-hmm. I'm I not going to put it on record, but you know. I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, I was going to say something and I forgot. <laughs> You're having a free Miss Jo Almanzor class, everyone. <laughs> this is like I haven't had this. This in is like, a sampler. <laughs> this is a sampler. So like enroll now. <laughs> so uh, I haven't had this like mm-hmm. a conversation like this in a long time. I haven't had a class from you in years. Thank God. <laughs> Still bitter about that eighty nine, <laughs> but yeah, but the grades don't matter. The gr- grade, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the thing is, like, when I took your class and I got that eighty nine, and all my friends got the ninety, and mm. I always thought like, was there something I did wrong? <laughs> but then I realized like, you know, it didn't matter because like I understood like I think I think maybe I didn't get to. Um, execute what I wanted to say 
properly on page. Like I think it was an essay and mm-hmm. something, and I didn't get to write it on page properly. Mm-hmm. But I what well, the thing was like I got the message, I got the lesson, and I got the learnings, and I think that that's what matters to me most. And then that's how I got, uh, that's how I moved on from the whole. <laughs> I don't need that ninety five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, it's I learned like, something. We're so quick to claim that every single person learns differently and yet and yet schools are standardized yeah so it doesn't really work it's so ironic too sometimes i've had i've had many many students who and this is how you know i'm not like making this up because Mm -hmm. i've had students who have failed literally failed and yet are still my friends because they know yeah they know whatever it is that they think they lacked if it was something that they lacked because to me I don't really the most work that I feel is actual work is just grading and to me that it, it, it never it never affected the way I looked at my students because I know that someone who worked their way from say a zero to a 70 to a passing grade worked really really hard to get there yeah. like many failures along the way but finally learned it Versus someone who just memorized everything and landed the 95 or the 100. And they didn't really learn much except for really good memorization. (laughs) So, to me, the grade never really mattered. I think as much as possible, I'm trying to change the way I assess Mm. classes. But I'm still subject to, you know, to school standards. So there are quizzes that have to be objective. There are quizzes that have to be... You still do your pre-tests? Not this term. I'm trying to change it. See how has it changed adapting. from like my time? <laughs> oh, I'm saying like, like like I'm so old too. Like from my time, oh, how has but it changed? It was just it was just this term that yeah, I stopped okay. giving a pretest. Yeah, she she gave us pretests, and I was so. It was more just because yes, I'm talking to a generation. I mean, yeah. you I I teach literature. Yeah. Okay, so you never mentioned that, by the way. So uh, I'm clarify. sorry. She teaches literature. I thought we we we. Said I but like, just to clarify, why I'm doing the pretest? Because I'm a literature teacher, and I'm talking to a you generation. That earlier. You told them you were a lit oh. major, and oh. you were talking yeah. about. Or so was that before we started yeah. recording? I don't know. Anyway. anyway, so yeah, so I I'm talking to a generation that's so lazy to read. I cannot talk about big ideas if I can't even get you to read. So that's why I need to do a little push, to do a little quiz, a pre, um, like um, a post-reading quiz, yeah. which I call a pre-test. Yeah, I, 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 and it, it's crazy. I literally, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, yeah, I was that's coming it's from cra- both of It's us. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> even I would say I wouldn't pass my own. Because <laughs> I remember, but it's not like a bragging right. Because yeah. like. Because oh, I'm done so with the pretests, pre- yeah. let me just announce it on the record. I I'm never actually your students. I never actually recorded them. Yes. What? Because yeah, I were. Oh because wait, you you mentioned real, that yes. though. You mentioned I, that. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I only mentioned that during the last day of school. Right. It's because to actually, this that's the final test. Yeah. Because the point of being in my class is for you to stop looking at the grades and start learning. You go to school to learn. You don't yeah. go to school for grades. I remember there was this one time. It was like really late. I was reading the book you had to read, Bata Bata. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was reading that and I was like, I, I have no idea what she's going to put on that test. But I just like, I just, I remember I reached a point where I was like, I was highlighting everything. I had like sticky <laughs> notes everywhere and 
I reached a point where I was like, you know what? I can't, I, I'm not gonna get anywhere memorizing this book. So I was just like, I'm just gonna read. And it was in Tagalog. Mm-hmm. But, so I was like, you know, I need to, like, put my mind to this. I'm not gonna be like, highlight this because this might be on the pretest. Because it's never on the pretest. <laughs> so, one of my favorite things is like, when I, when I put my mindset into like, oh, I'm just gonna read it as it is and not like, think about it too much and just let, like, let it sink in it's like when I got to your pretest and I actually got to answer it, it, I didn't even need like to have a high grade I was like I got to answer at least like three questions I was like yes <laughs> I was so, so proud of myself already yeah, so why do I do the pretest what's, what's, what, why is it the final quiz because um, that is a final quiz to people who are still stuck being obsessed about grades yeah. and when I say being obsessed about grades it literally means their self-worth yeah. is banked on grades which I'm trying to break because see whenever I, I reveal that that the, the tests are recorded it's like a mix of reactions yeah. like most would like you know yes yeah, but then yeah, like there the will always be students who'd be so angry at like all my hard work and you didn't record it and I'm like that's the thing can you actually put a number to hard work? Yeah. No. You knew deep down that you learned. Wasn't that the point of being in school? Yeah. Isn't so that reward enough? Yeah. So the grade should not be anything. Yeah. It should be how you've seen your own growth. Yeah. So if you're affected by it, then I have proven you're right that you are still stuck in the toxic water and you might want to rethink which tank you want to be in. Do you think I'm in cleaner water now? Because you're out, out, out of school, school. Out of school youth. <laughs> that depends on yeah. what, if you think you're learning more outside school. I think, school, then no, I mean, like, not, I've learned, like, a lot outside of school, like, in terms of life. Yeah. It, like, so not, I also like, say that in yeah. the first day of school, like, because, you know, they're always saying, oh, I go to school because it's a preparation for what's outside. I'm like, Dude, if you want to learn outside, then leave school right now and <laughs> yeah, live out there. Go heaven. But I also also agree. Of course, the the ones who think during the first day, immediately mm. thinking, would also return the question back at me. I've uh-huh. had students who would also say, oh, really? Miss, you're a teacher, so why do you still stay in school? Oh. And to which I answer them. Because see, if the school is a lying system and you're already in it, the best, the one thing you can learn in school that you cannot learn outside of it is to study how the school manipulates you, how lies work, mm. so that you can finally access truth or you can finally see it applied outside. And you cannot learn that if you're not in school. I'm going back to school. <laughs> I'm going back. I've been saying that for like the whole time I've been recording stuff. I'm like, I'm going back to school. Don't worry. Uh, one of the biggest things I learned from you, I think you know this, is you one. Okay, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember this particular moment mm-hmm. of in our friendship. Um, we it was our first lunch together with two of our friends, mm-hmm. and you guys made me cry. I made you cry. Yeah. No. Which when? <laughs> which time? Which, which time? <laughs> the first time, like um, we were on, we were in that like 
middle place on the second floor mm-hmm. of that place. And then, and then. So why did what did I say that made you cry? I have I don't remember. Like the thing is like <laughs> the whole like the whole thing. I don't remember. I just remember like you guys were making me cry. You were like triggering me, and then all of a sudden you're like hold her hands. I'm like nothing. And then are you sure you weren't originally crying already yeah. before we went we went to you? Because I think you were having an episode. I might have. Yeah, that's why I told them to hold your hand. All right. Okay, I'm not so sure I didn't anymore. make you cry. Okay, you were already having okay, to scratch that. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> the biggest thing I learned from you. <laughs> rewind, rewind. Rewind. Okay, so you told me one of like the the phrases that you s- said to me, like the one that stuck with me the most. I mean, it's been like what two thousand like years, mm-hmm. is to keep trying. I still put that in notebooks and everywhere. It's like keep trying. I tell my therapist that like I I will I. I will keep trying and keep going. It literally got me through so much. So, okay. Nothing. <laughs> I, I, if you, <laughs> As if they can see you. They can't see me do finger, finger guns, but... <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, do you still live by that? Yeah. As much as Always. I live by it? Always. Yeah. Like, to me, there Where'd you get that phrase? How, how do you get to that point where you're like, Am I allowed to talk about this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. called Greetings from the Psych Ward. Yeah. The first well, episode was literally about way, people. By the way, we're recording this in my humble abode. So, temporarily, my house is a psych ward. Yeah, anywhere. Are listen. you sure it was never not a psych ward? <laughs> <laughs> are we sure? Or maybe are we, we sure? are in a psych ward yeah. and we don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I would always say that because it comes from an experience. From my own experience, I'm not saying it's applicable to all, because as I said, we all live life very differently, but probably in certain principles, some of it will hit home, and I'm happy if it does, because it matters to me, so I've, yeah, I've survived 11 suicide attempts, yeah, in my lifetime. It was a very dark period <laughs> during that time, and I really didn't know. I'm the passion never ran out, by the way. So, just so you know, yeah. like you could. So I'm telling you, check up on your friends, even if they seem passionate and like <laughs> sad, <I'm> happy, <laughs> happy. They might need a little, you know. How are you? But yeah, um, it was at the time though when I felt like I didn't know what to do anymore, mm-hmm. even if I was working, even if I knew my work oh keep going it's okay <laughs> yeah even if like there was much work to do but I felt like it wasn't going anywhere it wasn't gonna happen anytime soon I wasn't gonna able to witness it witness it come into fruition and I don't know that's I survived that only I don't, only by God's grace yeah honestly yeah. honestly like of the many times that I've tried to jump off of buildings, there is always either a guard who would catch me or my phone would ring. It would be my best friend calling me in some weird gut feel. And to think we were in a long-distance relationship then. She was working in Indonesia at the time. So she would like, she just like called me and it said, something feels bad and I think God's telling me to just call you. And I was like, oh. Great. <laughs> I'm not a building. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. No context. But yeah, I think, and because of that, because of the many times that 
some God would send people to just pull me back. I remember that, and it's like it doesn't always have to be like your discontent doesn't always have to be something bad. Yes. Just because you're not there yet doesn't mean you're a failure. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear that today. Thank yes. you so much. <laughs> yeah. Like just because you're not there yet doesn't mean you're a failure. And like one of my favorite. Um, What's this? I've always been saying this. Is why I'm partly pissed off that, and like the negative version of it is is phrased in Joker. What is this? Because I always believe that there is one good day that makes all the bad days worth it. Yeah. And it, the Joker was like, "There's always that one bad day that makes everything." Yeah. So it was like, so annoying. No. Oh my god. But yeah. No. So I always tell my students that, like, if you're in that slump, you're in that. It, it doesn't matter if you've been in that slump for 20 years yeah. trust me there is a one good day that makes all the bad days worth it yeah. and it's not like I'm not saying that so that oh when the bad day fin- mm-hmm. when the good day finally comes you can off yourself but it's more like no, that's not it. it makes you forgive all the, the 20 years of yeah. bad days I used to say um like there's always something like that basically like mm. in the 100 like the 99% of bad yeah. there's always like 1% of good in that day that I always say that before and going back to numbers mm-hmm. so it's not like say 93% bad 1% good if you're just looking at the numbers it's still a loss yeah but see I guess I said value life and life has no number so if that one good day it might just look like a 24 hour thing compared to 20 years but that those 24 hours will literally make you feel so much more alive than the 20 years you felt you were just existing I, I don't think I ever told you this um, but when I was 15 mm-hmm. oh wait yeah when I was 15 I think we have more time when I was 15 I made a deal with myself that by the time I reached 20 <laughs> I'd mm-hmm. do something stupid and I was like when I was 19 I was 18 19 for me was really bad. I was very depressed and I was in and out of the hospital. You know this, you know. You you always visit me in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I remember that one day you're like what did you do? Why do you have so much doctors outside? <laughs> and um so yeah, and your doctor thought mm-hmm. I was your classmate. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was my dad. Oh wait. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Um, 18, 19, I, I was like, I was out of school, I didn't know what I was doing, and I, I felt like my life was going nowhere. And, but by the time I reached, like, uh, by December of 2019, that's when like I... A few months ago. Yeah, a few, a few <laughs> months ago, December 2019, I started looking at it differently. Like, I feel like there's so much of life out there, mm-hmm. so much to experience, like, I just, I felt like I spent two years of my life just, like, uh, drowning myself in self-loathing and self-pity that I didn't get to live, you know? Mm-hmm. And then now I'm, like, in a point where I'm just like, there's so much life to live. Exactly. And I want to experience that. Even though, like, sometimes the suicidal tendencies, they come and go. Mm-hmm. You can't really make them go oh, away. Wait, like, that mm-hmm. annoying person I was telling you about that's still on my feed anyway <laughs> but like you know I I can't wait to turn 20 like this time I'm not I'm I'm not like oh because I know my mom is very 
concerned because she mm-hmm. knows about this and mm-hmm. like every day when we talk she's like don't do anything drastic don't do mm-hmm. anything and she, she's worried because she, she lives far away from me and and because she's your mom she's my mom you know <laughs> i thought i was given <laughs> and you know i was like i was saying like there's nothing i mean like there is something to worry about because i have a condition it's, it's fickle and whatever but i'm looking forward to 20 good and i think that's why i started this like maybe i could reach people like i wanted to maybe help at least one person in my lifetime that would be nice yeah. as i said it's not the number yeah i mean like yeah not the number but like i just i mean like at least get to someone mm-hmm. and make them remember how i'm pretty much sure you already reached i don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'm not gonna be like, oh, stop. You know, I'll yeah, take it. I'll I'm take it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So speed round. We're gonna be a speed round. We're gonna. Round? We're gonna wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> but we're gonna speed well. round because I was thinking about this a while ago. Mm-hmm. Favorite author. Offensive. <laughs> That's so offensive. What the fuck? Oh. Oh no. Oh no! No, we have no, to put explicit. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. Very offensive. At the moment. Yeah. Favorite author at the moment uh, would be Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Okay, favorite book by said author? Purple Hibiscus. Okay. Favorite book that isn't by that author? Colorless Tsukuru and the Seers of Pilgrimage by Haruki Murakami. I knew it. Okay. Not me, Haruki Murakami part, not the book part, because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know the book. Sorry. And uh, favorite memory with me? I, I hope you say what I'm thinking. But no, I don't know. But like to me, my favorite memory was having you read the graveyard book. Oh, okay. We didn't get to that, but like, yeah, because maybe that really embodied it. The, yeah. the relationship of Silas and Bod. Read it, by the way. Read it. Listening. It's good. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. It's available in a novel and in a graphic novel form. In graphic novels, kid. My favorite memory with you, other than that, you know, like you being able to <laughs> like recommend books to me and like uh, my favorite memory, I'm not sure if you remember this. I hope you do. It was raining. We were at a Starbucks. <laughs> Please don't mention it. So I was like, why am I in a Starbucks? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. wow. Ooh, the shade. Okay, we were outside a Starbucks <laughs> and it was raining. We were on our way home and there was like a PWD ramp. And one of us. Oh my god! I hate you. Why did you bring this up? It was my Christmas party. I had so many gifts to bring home that I slipped on that on that ramp with my gifts. I slipped straight smack on the street, and then you followed. Yeah, I was like, no, Miss Jaw. No, Miss Jaw. And then you also rolled down. And I slipped down in in slow motion. That's one of my favorite memories. No, not a good memory. It's a memory. So yeah, do you have anything you'd like to say? Before we go, well, number one, I hope you are not a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and keep following this. Keep following this. Yes. Yeah. Because, as I said, passion projects, they don't pay much, but we hope to touch people's lives and let's help her out and her partner <laughs> who's not here. Who's not here. Yeah. On this, it's um might seem like just an hour of your lifetime but come on an hour is just a number yeah screw the numbers mm-hmm. i'm kidding yay man oh, there you go <laughs> yeah okay bye oh you have to say bye like that do bye. it do it
Bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye.